This is the Sunday Worship Podcast. Hello and welcome to Sunday Worship on Salvationist Radio. I'm Bethany Gibson from Territorial Headquarters and it's great to be with you once again. Our speaker today is Major Julian Watchorn, Assistant Secretary for Communications and Editor-in-Chief. He's going to be reflecting on verses from Matthew 11 and Matthew 28 and thinking about how Jesus invites us to come to him, but also to go out and preach the gospel. The first Bible reading is taken from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And the second Bible reading is from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I'm very fortunate to have just returned from a restful holiday in North Wales. I say restful, I'm not sure that I've ever before walked so far in one week. Nevertheless, the scenery and the company made it a restful experience, at least in spirit. Our theme for this morning is Come and Go, and it's my hope that we will each take the time to acknowledge for ourselves the importance of the balance between being and doing and to reflect on both Jesus' words and his example as we seek to apply this for ourselves. We'll also consider the contrast between two sisters and their response to the presence of Jesus. It's an understandable temptation as Christians to make ourselves busy. After all, there's so much to do. We don't have to look very far to see that there's a great deal of need just on our doorstep, which would bring us into contact with people and people are by very nature demanding. The more people we're engaged with, the busier we seem to become. On and on it goes. It's a well-established principle that the best people to ask to do something are busy people. For many, busyness is a welcome pressure. For some, it gives the feeling of being wanted, of being useful or perhaps even successful. Current societal culture might also seem to suggest that the more you do, the more you achieve. It might also create a good impression with others when they see just how busy we are. The first disciples were certainly busy, constantly in demand. So busy it would seem that they didn't even have time to eat. We catch just a glimpse of their busyness in Mark 6, 30-32, where we read... The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, 
because so many people were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. I wonder what the disciples might have been thinking as they sailed away in that boat, away from the hustle and bustle of expectation. I wonder if they might have had mixed feelings. I imagine that there would have been some that didn't understand why Jesus would want them to stop when the need was so evident. There may have been others who in some way resented being taken away from activity which gave them some kudos. Perhaps others were grateful that Jesus had recognised their need and stepped in, not for the first time. Come with me, says Jesus. The call to discipleship is first and foremost a call to fellowship and friendship. How easy to get caught up working for him rather than being with him. If that's our inclination, we're not alone, and neither were those first disciples. We read in Luke 10, 38-41, the tension between Martha and Mary in the presence of Jesus. I'm sure the story's familiar to you. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Are you worried and upset about many things? Worn out, weary and exhausted believers are all too common and are not a good recommendation for the gospel of rest. Jesus used a boat to take his disciples to a place of quietness and rest. Although that may not be possible or preferable for you, we should each have a means to take us to a place of rest, at least in our minds and our hearts, if not literally. What is yours? Perhaps it's because we're an army and there is a fight to be won that the idea of withdrawal seems somehow defensive or even defeatist, however strategic. Yet it's a necessary part of living in balance, as demonstrated by Jesus. Before we can breathe out, we must first breathe in. And there needs to be a natural rhythm to the Christian life, a continuous coming in and going out, as William Barclay put it. The rhythm of the Christian life is the alternate meeting with God in the secret place and serving man in the marketplace. In our two readings this morning, we see first Christ's invitation before we are challenged to respond to his instruction. The invitation comes first. Come to me, Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. 
Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The analogy of the ox and yoke are well used, but so fittingly explain what Jesus was describing in his invitation for us to take his yoke upon us. In Jesus' day, and for as long as farmers have used oxen to plough fields, it's a common practice to pair a young and inexperienced ox with an older and wiser one. The purpose is simple. Being yoked with a wiser, stronger ox teaches the younger one the pace and direction that is needed to stay the course and to get the job done. In truth, the older ox could probably do it by themselves, but where would the learning be? In being yoked with Christ, there's nothing to prove. He doesn't need us to pull our weight for us to receive the benefit. He wants only that we walk with him, to learn from him, to be with him. Christ has already done the work in going to the cross. In so doing, he's already put us right with God. His invitation is all about relationship. All that we have to do is to accept his grace and be like him. And so we come into the presence of Jesus. Larry Walters was a 33-year-old truck driver living near Los Angeles. On weekends, he used to just sit around and watch TV. But this particular Saturday, he was bored with his usual routine, so he decided that he wanted to do something. He went shopping and bought 42 weather balloons and a deck chair. Returning home, he anchored the chair with some ropes and then tied the weather balloons to it. When all was ready, he ensconced himself in the chair with his air gun nestled in his lap. He then cut the ropes and rose steadily into the sky. Within minutes, he had attained an altitude of 16,000 feet. The air traffic control tower at LA airport reported receiving a number of garbled and incredulous messages from different pilots along the lines of, you're not going to believe this, but there's a man floating up here in a deck chair. Soon Larry's thirst for action seemed quenched and he decided it was time to return to planet Earth. He shot a number of the balloons with his air gun and gradually floated downwards. 45 minutes later, he landed at Long Beach, about seven miles from where he'd taken off. Not surprisingly, his excursion made front page news and gave him five minutes of fame. When asked why he decided to do such a thing, he replied, I couldn't just sit there. I had to do something. He had to do something. Now, I'm not expecting anyone to go and do something quite as drastic as Larry, but some may well be able to associate with his strong desire to do something. Sadly for Larry, his motive was nothing more than needing to change his routine. There was no real purpose, it would seem. Perhaps he hoped it might attract some attention, but there was no greater good. It wasn't for any good reason. As followers of Jesus, we are invited to come, but instructed to go. We read in Matthew 28, 16 to 20, 
Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Go and make disciples. Go with purpose. Sounds simple, but how? Those early disciples had had the benefit of being with Jesus. They'd seen him in action. They'd heard him teach and watched him perform miracles and helped him to baptise those that they had come to believe in him. His power and authority to do these things had been given to him by his Father and now he was giving his authority to his disciples by the power of the Holy Spirit. During his time with his disciples, during those times of retreat and quietness, Jesus had taught them the need for relationship. Relationship with him and in turn, therefore, relationship with his heavenly Father. If we're to go and teach and do likewise, then our starting place has to be one of relationship. Relationship comes through communication and communication with Jesus and subsequently the Holy Spirit comes only through prayer and the reading of his word. If we're to go with purpose and direction, we first need to ensure that we're not drifting aimlessly off into the air and at the mercy of the prevailing wind. If our purpose is to make disciples, then there is no better way to do so than to be good disciples, to be in relationship with the master and in so being, doing his will. Will you respond to Jesus' invitation to come? Will you come that you might go with clarity of purpose? Will you come away and rest with him in the secret place that you might return to serve him in the marketplace or wherever he may send you? May we each respond as the Spirit leads us this morning. I'm going to share a prayer just now and if you feel that you need to respond to the call to come and to be more like Jesus, then make that prayer with me wherever you are just now. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son Jesus to make it possible for us to be in relationship with you through the forgiveness of our sins, paid in full by his death on the cross and that through his resurrection we might have eternal life. Loving Lord Jesus, we thank you that you invite us to come and to be your disciples, to be with you and to learn to be more like you. May we learn to find the rhythms of grace that you show us, to take the time to breathe in your love for ourselves, that we might go so filled that we are able to breathe it out as we go into the world to which you send us, filled with the power of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, guide us. Speak to our hearts that we might be led to the places and to the people that you have prepared for us, that we might shine for you. And may all we are and do 
make Jesus known, in whose name we pray. Amen.
Shall we pray using the lyrics of the music we've just heard? O oh love, forever claim my eyes. Thy beauty be my chosen prize. I cast my load on timeless grace that my free soul may run the race. I come to thee with quiet mind, thyself to know, thy will to find. In Jesus' steps my steps must be, I follow him to follow thee. And dear Lord, as this time of corporate worship comes to a close this morning, help us to follow you so that we might share your love with those around us. Amen. Thank you for joining us on Sunday Worship this morning. Whatever this week holds, may you go with Jesus.